You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Millie's Millie. Welcome back, this is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast And we are coming to you from Philadelphia, PA I am John Corrales of MassLive.com Joined by J. King of The Athletic both in Philadelphia, but in separate locations here. I'm overlooking the airport. I don't know where Jay is. He's in an undisclosed location. I am not overlooking the airport. The kid is downtown. The kid's downtown, man. See, that's what you do when you when you get that athletic money. You no, play. that's what you do when you plan ahead like a long time. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, this was a rookie move for me. And See? I thought this was, well, first of all, I'm at in a loft, and it's no, you know, I'm not. <laughs> the young guys never have any clue what they're doing, man. You know, man, it, they don't. It's just no fun. It's just no fun with the young guys. <laughs> These rookies, they don't know what they're doing. Drag the veterans down. Um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, this would be kind of cool. It's close to the arena, and whatever. You know, downtown's only like ten minutes away. I can go downtown if I want. I just don't want to. Yeah, it's not too far. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about Mook. It's all about Mook. Still Mook fallout. I guess you can call it fallout. but not It's not really fallout when everyone just agrees, though. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and that's kind of like the tone of, the, <laughs> the, the tone of this podcast. Like yesterday, we went deep. We went really deep in like these problems, what could happen, like all this and all that. And today, everybody's like, yeah, Mook had a point. I'm like, oh, okay. So Mook had a point. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, respect to Mook for pointing it out. So let's let's just dive into that. So it started out with Brad Stevens, who I think it was very cool of Brad Stevens to say, uh, you know, as you know, as long as you attach your name to it, then say what you got to say. And that is, uh, I think, a very kind of just cool way to look at it. Like if you're going to I don't know if I love that. You know, I, I think in this scenario, it worked OK. Because nobody really disagreed with what Morris said. But I think if your one philosophy about talking to the press is, yeah, if you attach your name on it, you're good. Like, no. This team has some guys who could say some, not reckless, but. Outlandish? In, yeah, not out, not outlandish, but things that could upset, some upsetting things. And so I don't think that's always the best thing, but I do think from Brad's perspective saying that today to kind of squash any potential controversy was probably a good move. See, I like it because he, he made a point to say like, no, no unnamed sources. Yeah. And, but and, Hey, I'm fine with it. If guys want to just put their name on and just start blasting each other. Through well, the you love beef. Like you're a big beef guy. I love beef. You're and a president of the beef council. So. And I love subscriptions. Yeah. <laughs> 
So to read Brad Stevens' quote, uh, I mean, one of the things that we say at the very beginning of the year is that we don't want to be a team quoted of unnamed sources. So if you're going to say something, you've got to put your name next to it. And Marcus's frustrations were obvious and evident. And you know what? In a lot of ways, I thought he said a lot of stuff that you can't really argue in the past, in the last two games. So we need to be a lot better than we are about finishing games and blah, 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 blah. So, but, uh, and then he says, as long as you put your name next to it, I'm good. And here's why I like that philosophy. Because even if it's, even if it's bad, at least you had the balls to stand next to what you're saying. And if it's wrong, then Brad Stevens can be like, you know what? You're wrong. And we're going to talk about why you're wrong. And that I think is what the, the whole concept of put your name next to what you're saying. Because if it's unnamed sources and people are saying, Oh, I'm pissed off. Like, if you tell me, like, if I go and say, unnamed player, let's talk, and he says, don't say anything, John, but I'm really fucking pissed, and uh, this team sucks. And I write that, and then that player, whomever it is, goes to Brad and be like, I didn't say that. That's that's bad for the team. If Marcus Morris comes out and says what he says the other night and says, hey, you know, blah, 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 whatever he said, at least Brad Stevens could go to Marcus Morris and be like, yeah, these were good points. This was a bad point. Maybe you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. And people can address things. At least you get it out in the open and you can come to a resolution with the player who said that. So that's why I think it's good to have a player say what he's going to say. If he says it publicly, then attach your name to it. If you're not going to say, if you're not going to attach your name to it, then don't say it publicly. That's fair. And, and Brad addressed it at, a film session with the Celtics sat down and brought up Morris's comments and gave Morris a chance to speak his speak on his behalf and listen to what his teammates had to say. And everyone kind of agreed with him. And it's bad that everyone agrees with a rant questioning their toughness, (laughs) their commitment, their joy, their sense of team. Like that's not good. (laughs) When, when everyone is questioned in all those ways and just kind of nods their head and goes, yeah, that sounds about right. That's not what you want. But also, I do think what we're dealing with is Morris's frustration stemmed from the last two games. And obviously there have been underlying feelings of frustration that have existed throughout this Celtic season. And it's it has been a weird ride, but I think Morris one. I don't think he thought his comments were going to get as much play as they did. I two, mean, come on. Two. I think he was just frustrated as hell and just decided, whatever. I'll just speak my mind. And three, thought that it could be a nice kick in the butt to say that and try to get guys on the right page. I think what's funny about all these comments and criticism and call outs, everybody wants the same thing. And I think everybody like all the criticism, all the bumpy bumpiness has been guys trying to develop championship habits. And I think everyone's heart is kind of in the right place. But the frustrations the Celtics are showing is just kind of deep seated, and and they've they've had a lot to get off their chest this year. I think it's it's better to have a team that's getting stuff off their chest. Like 
I personally find that healthy in any kind of relationship, teammate to teammate relationship, podcaster to podcaster relationship, which is why I'm bringing this up now. Jay, I have a few things I need to say to you. Um, this Uh-oh. Is, no, I'm only kidding. So, but any kind of relationship is the openness and the honesty of saying, I'm pissed off. I'm happy. I'm sad. Whatever it is, open yourself up and be honest about what you're feeling in that moment. And then one of two things is going to happen. Either that's going to spur a conversation on how to fix that problem, or you're going to realize that you're wrong about some things. Maybe you're overreacting to some things, and then you can own up to it and say, you know what? That was a heat of the moment thing. Now that we're talking about it, I realize that I overreacted. That's my bad. I apologize. And I think if you get to that point, and that's not what happened with Moop, but if you put yourself out there and open yourself up and say, here's what I think, and even if in, in the end you have to apologize, if you have the guts to put yourself out there and you have the guts to apologize, you earn the respect of somebody to say, you know what? I spoke my mind. I realize I'm overreacting. I apologize. I'm going to be better down the road and try to be a better person, better teammate, better whatever. Like that is healthy and that helps you grow. And I'm going to bring in Al Horford here because Al Horford said one of the most interesting things he said in his availability was that I'd rather have this stuff happen now than happen during the playoffs. And when he was asked, do you think things are okay? He actually laughed and said, yeah, they're fine. And I, I, I just come out of this entire thing with Marcus Morris calling out his teammates, it brought everybody into the into the fold, brought everybody into the mix and said, let's talk about it. They worked it out. They watched the film. They did everything. And then today at practice, Jay, we all walked in at the same time. Everybody seemed to be having fun. Like, not in the same so, sense that Marcus Morris saying, like, oh, I'm not having fun. But, like, there was no – I didn't see tension in practice today. And after what Marcus Morris said, it was very easy, be very easy to walk into practice and have there be tension. And I didn't see any of it. So I think they took a positive step forward out of this. You you are taking the optimistic view that a player who said his team has had no fun was actually. It's no secret that I take optimistic views. I'm I'm generally optimistic person. So I'll cop to that. I'll cop to that. Yeah, uh, I think it helped matters that Morris is always a straight shooter. And what he says is what he feels. And so guys know what he's about. And I think it helps that he's typically, obviously, you know, the some of the defensive issues have been highlighted in some posts. I think Brian Robb wrote a good piece about it. Adam Himmelsbach wrote a good piece about it. Um, lately, you know, he's had some issues defensively. The team has had some effort issues. He's probably took too many pull-up jumpers in their game against the Clippers. He was part of the offensive mess. Um, but I think it probably helps for the most part that this season, he's been one of the guys who's really tried like hell to fit into his role and he's experienced individual success probably because of that, but he's been one of the guys from the start of the season committed to and very committed to playing well alongside everybody else and 
kind of turning down the individual shine and just willing to be a compliment to other guys. And that's not Marcus Morris's normal status quo. <laughs> like that, that is, that has been a change for him. So I do think that helped. We'll see. We'll see how things go. It's, it's just an interesting season from the sense that really, if, if they just kept their mouth shut, everyone would just be talking about how well they've played or wondering whether, you know, they're where they sit in the pecking order in the Eastern Conference now that everybody else is loaded up. And everyone would think that they have a good chance in the Eastern Conference. And I still do think they have a good chance in the Eastern Conference, even though other teams are loaded up and even even though they've had some a bumpy ride. But they really have been their own worst enemies in the media. They've gotten a lot of bad press this year because they have reacted poorly whenever they have bumps in this journey. And that's just kind of how this season has gone. I don't know whether that speaks to just the burden of expectations and that guys are overreacting to losses that happen every season or whether it speaks to just a lack of chemistry and whether that could ultimately derail this season. And and that's what's to be decided. I think Brad Stevens, you know, he said, like, he suggested, first of all, I thought it was interesting. He kind of thought this season would be a difficult one from a dynamic standpoint. Obviously, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. But for him to admit that going in, he thought this would be a difficult season to manage everybody. That that was kind of eye-opening. Um, but he also said, you know, our journey's not over. I'll talk about it at the end. And, you know, it, winners, winners write history. And if the Celtics go on from here and make a deep playoff run and get to the finals, then maybe we'll look at the day Marcus Morris spoke out as some <laughs> sort of tor- turning point. But if they don't, and if they have an early exit, it'll just be another dot, another piece of litter piece of trash <laughs> along this road that the celtics have have experienced and and that's that's just kind of how it goes i guess but let's take a break here and explore that when we come after when we come out of the break here on the lockdown celtics podcast with more on this interesting conversation. And I just love that. I'm a big perspective person. And I just love, I'm fascinated with concept of if one thing happens, everybody's perception of the situation is A. If another thing happens, everybody's perception of the situation is B. So if Rajon Rondo doesn't hit that shot, the Celtics escape with a win over the Lakers and everything seems okay. They survived. They did it. And people are like, whew, instead of, Oh my God, I can't believe it's happening again. So, and if the Celtics, I don't know what spot in the Clippers game that they could have done something that that's maybe a little bit different, but if they managed to pull out that Clippers game at the end, 
people would be like, oh, all right, that's it's tough, man, but it's January, and it's the doldrums of January, and they pulled it out. Yo, so, it's February, bro. February. Sorry. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's February. Uh, but anyway, pre-All-Star break. It's the pre-All-Star break. It's like break mid-February, break. man. It's, the uh, the season know. has hit you. Yeah, yeah, it really has. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. I don't know what time it is. Welcome to Beat Life. <laughs> I don't know what hotel room I'm in. But uh, this is it's just interesting in, in that if the Celtics get it together, then what Marcus Morris just did is a one of the flashpoints. And there's not one flashpoint necessarily. You could always go back to November 26th. I mean, that's like – the date in this Celtic season that everything seemed to change. But you look at the different flashpoints throughout the season. If the Celtics turn it around and they do make a deep run and maybe get to the NBA Finals, let's say, you say, man, look at Marcus Morris. That day where he said all of this, and they turn around and they beat Philly. And then What a legendary Detroit. leader that what, Mook is. Exactly, exactly. But if they go out, tomorrow or tonight whenever you're listening to the podcast and you they get demolished by philly and if they lose to detroit and it's a four game skid going into the break all hell has broken loose marcus morris's comments are not a leadership leadership type of thing they are a symptom of a bigger problem so before all of that happens what is it is this a symptom of a bigger problem or is this a leadership thing or option C, and I'm throwing this out there for a very specific reason, is it very nuanced and we can't pin it down on any one thing and say this is all very complicated? It is very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with option three or C or whatever it was. See, there. option three is the podcaster option. Option A or uh, option A or B is the sports talk radio option, where it can only be one or the other, and we can in, in no way embrace any sort of nuance to what's happening here. And look, we've seen a lot of times in the past, drama doesn't stop you from getting to your goals. Oh God! Doesn't always, at least. We can look back to Kyrie's Cavs with LeBron. Those teams were as dramatic as it got. Well, they came back from a, one of them came back from a 3-1 deficit to shock the Warriors, the 73-win Warriors. We can look back. We can even look this year at the Warriors. <laughs> they had the most highly publicized on-court spat of the last however many years. Oh, yeah. And, and they've responded by kicking the crap out of teams over the last 15 or 16 games. And they look every bit the juggernaut that they're supposed to be. We've seen Kobe and Shaq get through a lot of stuff. We've seen so many teams get through a lot of things. And ultimately, a lot of it, I think, is just noise. And it's just part of the journey. And for the Celtics, there was just the burden of expectations that they're still feeling. But at the same time, you also have the everybody eats wizards who are a complete dysfunctional mess. Yes, yes. But was that because they had some issues with each other or was that because John Wall got overweight and then he stopped playing defense and the entire team took a tailspin because of that and his injury issues and a lack of depth that has been existent forever, but now he wasn't just 
good enough to carry the starting five. Um, so they're, it's probably they're, the latter, but I just wanted to make fun of the Wizards. I just wanted to throw them in there. Sorry. Yikes, guys. Shout out to Fred Katz. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, like, and that's why the mood swings of a season are always hilarious to me. Like you said, if Rondo misses that shot and if Kyrie doesn't tweak his knee against the Clippers. Right. Right. Then the Celtics have probably won 12 of their last 13 games and everyone's feeling really good. And Marcus Morris, who just like five days ago said, this is a special team. I hope we don't trade anyone before the deadline. Right. Wouldn't have said any of these comments. And and it's it worth is- noting, by the way, shout out to Adam Himmelsbach for getting the follow-up on Marcus Morris, who when he was asked to elaborate on how long he was feeling like it's the, we're not having fun, he said, oh, it's been about a week. But shit, now it, at this part of the season, it feels like longer than a, longer than that. A week feels like a long time. So I had to throw in the butt shit because that makes it the authentic Marcus Morris quote. But sorry to interject. That's... The, that's the, that's the only way you know it's a mark, but I'm not sure I buy that. I, I I'm not saying I'm that not sure I buy, I buy it or that. Not, but that's that's what he said. I'm not sure I buy that because when he was asked the other night during his rant, and granted it was during a post game rant, and he was furious after blowing another 20 plus point lead, he was asked specifically about the win streak and whether it was fun then, and he said no. True. And he said it hasn't been fun in a while. So but we did, he was direct. We did catch he was directly was asked that. He he really was directly asked that. And maybe it wasn't how he really felt, and maybe he was just in the middle of rage. That's that's <laughs> very possible. I've said some crap during the middle of rage that I was I didn't fully mean. And I looked back and I'm like, ah, well, yeah, maybe maybe I should have said <laughs> wish that. I had that one back. Um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure I buy that one. I do think this has been a trying season. I do think part of it is just that these guys see themselves in pretty far away from first place, which is where they thought they were going to be. And as well as they played lately, they don't look at it like that. They look at it like, like this has been a disappointing season so far. And a lot of the players on the team probably look at their individual seasons as disappointments because they thought whether it was Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, I'm sure maybe even Al Horford. A lot of these guys probably came into the season thinking I'm going to light the world on fire. And they haven't done that individually. The Celtics certainly haven't done that as a team. And I I think everything is just kind of weighed on them. And, and because of that, they've kind of cracked when they hit losing streaks or cracked when they hit a little bit of diversity, adversity, not diversity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's like, like, and and imagine if things had gone differently, like the Orlando magic game, that's let's say Jason Tatum hits that jumper from the corner. Totally. We never have the super long rant about Kyrie from Kyrie about the young guys. We may never have the Kyrie LeBron apology. We may never learn about that. And then, like, a lot of these things, it's like one shot goes in, one shot goes out, and none of this becomes public, and all of this is internal. 
And instead, the Celtics have like every tipping point that could go their way almost has gone against them. And it's led to some uncomfortable moments. And and maybe those uncomfortable moments have just aired out what's going on behind the scenes. But but I do think that some misfortune has has kind of complicated yep. the matters that they've dealt with internally throughout the season. Yep. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up this podcast. The part two, I guess, of what Mook said podcast series uh, when we come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Marcus Morris has said what he's got to say. Brad Stevens, Al Horford came out, said what they got to say. Jalen Brown said what he's got to say, which is exclusively on MassLive.com, by the way. Shout out to Tom Westerholm. And we are now here. It's We're in Philadelphia. We're moving forward. In your opinion, Jay, will this be seen as a positive or a negative for the Boston Celtics? The Morris comments? Yeah, all of this. Everything that we've been through here, is it a positive or a negative for the Boston Celtics? I honestly don't think these comments are good or bad for them. I think he voiced issues that the team has known about all season. I think what will really matter is whether the team gets rid of all the personal agendas. And I think too, I do think that those have largely been gone lately. Like the players have gotten, they've gotten it and the young guys have been playing better guys have fit in the starting lineup change made a big difference. Guys have been sharing the ball. The offense has been great. I agree. Yeah. But, but Jay, the the past two games and here's where the problem is. I hate to interrupt. Actually, I love to interrupt, but I think you do love that. I, I, but the past two games, the reason why everybody's so pissed off about the past two games is not that they're just bad losses. It's that they're the same kind of bad losses that have happened from the beginning of the season. That's that's the problem. It's not that there were two bad losses because every team suffers bad losses. It's that it it's that feeling of here we go again. And it's not like they've played well. Why everybody is so pissed off is that it's the same shit again. And that's fair. That, no, that that's entirely fair. And and when things go poorly for this team, they haven't been able to stop it. It's just like things spiral and spiral, and they're not able to pull themselves out of it. And it's weird because last year that was what they were best at. Yes. When things the went poorly, punch. when things went poorly, they stuck together and they were not deterred. And nothing phased them. But this group, for whatever reason, has kind of gone the other way. And and I maybe some of that's luck. Like, really, we would look at these things differently if just a few shots had gone in. A few extra shots had gone in this year. Or if a few shots last year hadn't gone in. That 16-game winning streak, sure, how many absolutely. of those games were, like, lucky finishes? Four or five? Yep. And, and so... 
everything we came back from huge deficits. Everything the, the, what happened to the Celtics the past two days is the past two games are the same things the Celtics did in all of those big comebacks during that stretch. Yeah, and and maybe maybe that is a sign that this team has real issues. And maybe it is a sign that their frustration is based in truth. I'm I'm not entirely sure about that. I do think that this team has hung its head in some cases where they shouldn't. And, and you know, Brad's Brad's favorite word is teamness. <laughs> he loves teamness. <laughs> if his teams had teamness, he'd be if they always had teamness, he'd be the happiest man alive. Brad's great we at haven't, creating words. We haven't always seen teamness, and that, that's why this has been such a strange season and in some ways such a frustrating season is because they have shown that their ceiling is way above what past Brad Stevens teams have done. When, when this Celtics team has been good, it has been really damn good. They've had you know, big wins. They've had blowout wins of good teams. They've had stretches where the ball is whipping and the defense is humming and they are just look like a devastating force. And then there are other times when it's like, why isn't this team trying? <laughs> why, why does this team seem to pass the ball one time and then fire up mid-range jumpers? Why has everyone on this roster suddenly forgotten how to play team basketball? Right. And and that's why it's been such a confounding season, and that's why all these players have come out and <laughs> said everything they have. It has been it has been a ride, man. This it's has been, been a ride from is, from the start of the season. This is why, and I know I've caught I caught a bunch of shit for saying the young guys a million times, but this is why when I said in yesterday's podcast, if I were put everything in a category. And say, well, you know, 20% of it is, quote unquote, the young guys and all this other stuff. It's that the young guys are more susceptible to the type of stuff that we're talking about. The individual play is Kyrie's the only guy that can really get away with individual play because he's one of the best, if not the best, one-on-one basketball players in the world. Everyone else is... Like Jason Tatum might be next on the team as far as ability to score on his own. And he's only just trying to figure it out. And he's feeling himself out. And he's trying to figure out who he is as a player. And when we have these bouts of individual play, the young guys are just a little bit more susceptible to that. That's why I keep saying young guys. It's not that they're the only ones at fault. Marcus Morris over January like I looked at Marcus Morris's slump. Like one of the pieces I wanted to write was I felt like ISO Mook was back, but the isolation numbers haven't really changed. Um, I guess, and I'm not sure exactly what's happening with Marcus Morris. Like I feel like the shot profile. He just hasn't made every shot. The, right. That's the difference. That's really is the difference, Jay. That it's it's that. Marcus Morris is still taking the same shots. It's that he hasn't hit all the stuff that he was hitting before the threes, the spot up threes and all that stuff like that stuff isn't falling. So that shines a light, especially on the isolation stuff that he's doing. It's not that he's playing differently. It's that we notice the isolation stuff more because the other shots aren't falling. And the only way he's getting 12 or 14 points is to be in isolation 
Whereas before he was scoring 15, 18 points, but he was hitting three threes. And so, I mean, that's, that's just, again, goes back to perception. So ultimately, I think these guys have the talent. Now, I, I know I'm more optimistic, but I'm also not, I don't think I'm over the top. I'm a realistic person. And if I didn't think these guys could, do what they're supposed to do, I would say that. I would say that their talent has topped out, and this is who they are. I don't think their talent has topped out. And the reason for my optimism throughout this entire process, when a lot of people are negative, is because I see the potential. And I choose to see how much potential they have. It's not that I don't understand that they they could just be this, and they could never reach that other potential. But I choose to see it, and I do believe, especially when I look at practice today, you go in there and everybody's having fun. And Marcus Smart was having fun. He was hitting those shots like they do after every practice, which has been rare. They do this little shooting contest. Marcus Smart was on fire. He was like screaming, I got that sauce. Like Kyrie Irving, who didn't practice, he's still out with a sprained knee, strained knee was doing everything he could to disrupt Marcus Smart's rhythm. And he was still hitting shots. And after he hit the last shot to win, he did the handspring backflip thing. Like, that practice was fun. And even while we were waiting, I heard people clapping in there. Everybody seemed to be, like, on the, like on it. So I don't think that they don't like each other. I actually do think that they they are – they like each other enough – to get this done. They have the talent to get this done. If they can put aside the bullshit and to your point, to the point that I've been making to the point that other people have made about the playoffs. Once we get to winning time, if everybody can put this aside and we can look at these guys in, in certain roles and say, if Tatum can do this, if Brown can do this, if he can just play that role to the best of his ability, Terry Rozier, all of those guys, then the Celtics have a ton of talent, eight or nine spots deep. And that's enough talent to challenge and, and have a good shot at winning each playoff round as they progress to the conference finals and maybe the NBA finals. So I still see that within them. So I think after this, I choose to take this as a positive for the reasons that I laid out before. I, I see, I, because Jay, I'm never going to see that one coming. Of course, of course. I know that because, but I, for the reasons I laid out before, Jay, because when you lay shit out, like if I have a problem, yes, like I Marcus before, Smart smiled a few times, so everything's cool. No, it's not that everything's cool. It's that, it's, <laughs> but Jay, if I have a problem with you, or if you have a problem with me, flip it. If you have a problem with me, you tell me, and then we would talk it out, and then we would figure out a way to, to make it work. Like, if that, that to me is how people operate. Like, whatever relationship it is, if you have a problem, say it. And then even if that causes a fight, even if that causes a knockdown drag out where you hate each other for a day, a week, or whatever, you figure it out. And if it, if it never comes together, then you know at least, all right, well, this was never supposed to be together. But you do it, and then if you can get past it, then you're stronger for it. So that's, that is why I think that this can be a positive. It certainly could be. 
It could it also be a negative. Could be. I can absolutely. I, I, honestly, I don't think we'll ever know whether this is a positive or a negative. I think we'll judge based on the results. Sure. What it was, and and that's just how it's going to be with this Celtics team. If if they advance deep in the playoffs, get to the finals, see what happens from there. Then all of this crap <laughs> may be worth it. Right. <laughs> but but if they if they have an early exit and Kyrie Irving leaves because he's he wasn't happy and <laughs> right. Like right. there's all... a lot that could go wrong. There's a lot that could go right. And right now we're in the middle of a wild ride just trying to figure out what the hell all this BS means. I guess I guess if I were a rapper I'd be positive K. I am I am sad though that Kyrie won't play against the Sixers. That could have been an awesome game. That could have been an awesome game. But we'll just It get, could still be an awesome we'll game. We'll just get but... starter Terry J, which you know is is obviously very Is very he? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe that is he. I think you could do it better cuz there was, there was a little bit more. But that's okay. That was good. That was good. I like the timing of it. I'm All just right. trying to have some fun. <laughs> All right. This has been fun. I'm having fun. I hope you are having fun too. Fun enough to subscribe to the podcast if you're a new listener. Hey, if you are a new listener, shouts to you. Thanks for sampling us. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate everybody that, try, that takes a minute or – 36 minutes as this case may be to check us out and enjoy the show all of you regular listeners if you haven't given us that five-star rating a good review please do that really appreciate that share the podcast tell everybody listen to the lockdown celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network Sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to take a break there. That was a good cutoff. I didn't know where the fuck I was going anyway. That's all right. Well, I'm going to put you right back. That was like a Brad Stevens mid-possession timeout. (laughs) 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 Ah, yes. That's great.